Hey, Jay. Hey, Tyler. I have a question for you. I'd love to hear it. Okay. So, um, again, you've entered into a contest. You are good at entering into contests. I am. Uh, not unlike the Albert Einstein contest from a couple weeks ago. So, in this contest, uh, you have you've won, All and right. you have uh, it was a it was a time travel contest. And in this contest, you are given the opportunity to travel in time five times wow. for one evening each time. Wow! And you are able to travel to hear five concerts oh. of any band from any era. But just for that evening. But the one catch is that you have two minutes to tell me which of those five you are going to. Okay. Starting 30 seconds ago. I've got, oh gosh. <laughs> uh, for sure, and I could defend this, but I don't So it have doesn't time have to be it. the exact day, but you have to like the, no, the album the era day. of the people. I've okay. got the exact day. The number one, without doubt, is the rooftop performance the Beatles did. They only did three songs. I know. Okay. But. I have a defense, but I got to keep it moving. Okay. Because okay. uh, I would love to have seen Chicago in their prime, either Chicago from somewhere in the first five Chicago's because they're all numbered albums. That would uh, isn't number nine their greatest hits album? Yeah. Their first greatest hits album. Yeah. Okay. So you're going like real. They it, had 57 albums. Is it, that <laughs> something like that? They're still going. If I had to pick five, uh, I'm eating into your two minutes. If I had to pick five bands uh, that you would have chosen, mm-hmm. I think Beatles would have been there. Chicago would not have no, been there. So that's, that's this is exciting. When I was in middle school, I was in jazz band, and so yeah. Chicago was a big part yes, of my middle school yes. jazz band. Yes. Especially for a percussionist, yep. it's all about the percussion. Yep. In Chicago. Okay. Yep. Uh, Dave Matthews Band, the first time they were at Red Rocks. Oh, yeah? There's a CD of this. What era is that? Is that Crash? That was just before Crash came out. Okay. So some of the songs from Crash are there, but they're nice. like working on them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're really just working with like an EP and or two albums, really. Yeah. But what is it before? It was the, There's Remember What's Two Things. Remember Two is, Things and yeah. then Under the Table Dreaming. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So it's that, that's three. Uh, I would have loved to have seen Nirvana. When? At any point. Oh, Do you know, today is the 25th anniversary of Kurt Cobain's death. Oh, so I was going to talk about Kurt Cobain today. And I like I remember exactly where I was mm-hmm. when I found out. So wait, it's the 25th anniversary? Mm-hmm. So 94. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it checks out. Uh, my friend, I had grown up listening to Beatles and oldies and stuff and was ridiculed as a nerd for it. Yeah. So my friend, my new next door neighbor, when we moved, got me into new stuff like Nirvana, Pearl Jam, stuff like that. Yeah. I had been into Nirvana for like a week. Oh man. And then Kurt Cobain died. I was uh, fourteen. Hmm. So I was. Uh, you were a wee lad of ten. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. That checks out. And uh, so I had it was right in the perfect era, perfect age for Kurt Cobain and yeah. the angstiness and everything like that. And I remember it being a significant thing. Uh, I turned it on. Kurt Loder was telling me on MTV News what had happened. And um, I had been with Nirvana. I got uh, In Utero was the first CD I ever bought. Hmm. And, or not In Utero. Um, uh, never mind. And so uh, In Utero had just come out uh, maybe a couple months before that. And it was fantastic. But yeah. it was really different. Oh, yeah. And I had gotten Incesticide and Bleach and really liked all of them. But you could hear how Bleach was a different band. Yeah. Kind of like it was them trying to figure out who they were. Yeah. So. And then five, uh, just to tag it on, this is to my shame. I've still not seen this band live at all, but Death Cab for Cutie oh. from the Transatlanticism years. Oh. That sounds like my first apartment. That might be that, my favorite album. That played on the loop in that apartment for hours. 
Brothers. I've got such probably, a good yeah, album. There's probably 40 different albums that I would say is my favorite album, but the, boy, that's <laughs> it's so good. That's a great one. Yeah. We, we saw them at Davidson. I have uh, tickets to see them in June. So. so we saw them. I think it was uh, Codes and Keys. I think it was that. Yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe the album right before that. Um, but so it was like not too far from Transatlanticism, but he was skinny. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because like Transatlanticism, he's, still, he's a husky fella. Yeah. Uh, ben Gibbard. Did, did, have you heard their newest? Thank uh, you for today. Y- no. It is with one exception, which unfortunately is the single, Gold Rush. Yeah. I don't like that song. Yeah. Everything else on that album is great. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really good. Oh, man. Maybe I was great. very interested uh, in what they would sound like now that um, Chris Swalla is yeah. not there. Like, he was like their guitar player and producer. I mean, he was, yeah, he yeah. was in on it. Um, yeah. And he left during. He left right after Kissingi. Yeah. Yeah. Is that how you say it? I don't know. That's why I was struggling. I was like, I don't know how you yeah, say it. I was that waiting word. for you to tell me how to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was, that was good. Those are good answers. Yeah. I like thank that. Thank you. Do you have. I, I mean, do. I do. You've premeditated on yeah. this? Yeah. I'm not going to tell you, but I have them. <laughs> they exist. Yeah. So here are my five. Um, and they are specific to eras. Uh-huh. So um, it would be. Uh, David Bowie uh-huh. during uh, during the Let's Dance era, so it's like mid '80s, because almost every song he he performed like career spanning songs at that point, right. and almost all my favorite Bowie songs are out by that point. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. Um, you can hear everything from uh, Life on Mars and stuff like that to all the way up to Let's Dance and um, yeah. Young Americans, things like that, and, and it'd just be a really good show. Um, also from that era, uh, Prince and the Revolution. Mm-hmm. Just, I think it'd be an amazing show. See, purple era, purple, purple rain era, Prince, uh, and the Revolution, and so that's number two. Number three, uh, this is all eighties uh, from a similar era. Would be Dare to Be Stupid era, Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be awesome. Like at, right, right at the end of that tour, when he's kind of gotten a figure, because that's when he became big. He was as his third album, and he had a show that was like really put together, but it was before video and and costumes and stuff. So it's just like a young Weird Al with just tons of energy, yeah, and a crowd filled with nerds and weirdos. And so that'd be <laughs> a really fun experience. Uh, number four, wait, was that three or four? That was three. So yeah, so, four. So Prince, Bowie, Weird Al. Uh, oh, Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, Midnight Marauders era Tribe Called Quest. So that's like uh, early early mid nineties, ninety four around there. Um, I just think that would be great. Um, it would be, yeah, I would, I would really like to, to be in the room when uh, Tribe Cold Quest is at the height of their powers. Yeah. Um, and then uh, last one is a super deep, uh, esoteric, uh, geeky thing. But there's a, in 1959, oh. um, is uh, four jazz guys. So mm. uh, the drummer, I think his name was Hayes, but um, Charlie Parker, yeah. saxophone player. Um, Charles Mingus, bass player. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like uh, the rhythm section in terms of uh, jazz guys. And then my favorite jazz guy is Thelonious Monk. He's a piano yeah. player. So they, the four of them got together and just played a show <laughs> at, for like just goofing around. And it was, uh, I really, I was thinking I want to see Thelonious Monk, but then I was like, I want to see Monk with Mingus because I know he played together. And then I found out that they played with Charlie Parker, and that would be. See, and that's the thing jazz people do so well yeah. is just throw together these collaborations that you're like, how how would that not work? Yeah, and it just does. Yeah. Um, here's my here's my how to see bands live philosophy, 
And it's becoming less and less true as Spotify rules the world. Yeah. Because it used to be a band would release an album every, what, two, three years? Something like yeah, that? Yeah, sounds about right. You got to catch the middle tour. Yes. That's the one to be at because you'll get the new stuff. You go to the If you go to the tour the year the album's released, that's all you're going to hear. Yeah. They're going to yeah. play that album and that album alone. And unless that's an amazing album, which you don't know until like five years later. Right. Like, I was thinking I would I would want to see, I mean, there's problematic reasons why I wouldn't say it, but like, I want to see the Thriller tour. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I still don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I mean, I'd really want to see that, but I think I'd want to see it because he did it for like five years. So I think I'd want to see it year three. Yeah. Like right. 1984. Get your, get yourself. Organized. Keeping with my year of yeah. concerts of seeing Bowie and, and Prince and Weird Al on that year. I want to see um, Michael Jackson then too. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I also feel like I, I need to see you too. Yeah. I've never seen him. Me either. And I feel like uh, I I also I'm not sure that I I really like you two. I'm not sure I like them eighty dollars worth. Yeah, right. But I feel like that's a show that's a show. Like it's different than just listening to the album. There's a lot yeah. of bands I want to see. Like I thought about Nirvana, but I thought I'm not sure that that show would be great. Yeah. I think that um, I don't think they really do very much. It'd be very different because like I've been to. I was thinking in all that too. I've been to Warp Tour. Yeah. And stuff like that. I saw Katy Perry on Warp Tour. Really? Yeah. It was right before I Kissed a Girl came out. Interesting. Yeah, it was. She was terrible. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but like Warp Tour, you're not even there for the quality of the music or the yeah. show, or that you're there for the experience yeah. of being yeah, yeah. with a thousand punks and oh, man. like mosh pitting. And the festivals were so great. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. What was the other one? X Fest. I didn't do X Fest as much. I never ended up getting to X Fest. Yeah, it was okay. Warped I got. To, I went to better. the Rolling Rock Town Fair. Remember that? Yeah. Out in Latrobe. Yeah. But just to put a bow on this, I huge Dave Matthews fan. I go every year yeah. there, there in town, which yeah. is every year. Yeah. Last time they came, it was as if Dave Matthews, when constructing the set list, got into my head and said, what songs would Jay most want to hear tonight? Yeah. It was outrageous. Like, he's reaching for B-sides that hadn't been released yet that oh, were on, man. like, backtrack, because I'm a nerd, I have those yeah. on my iPhone. Like, he got that stuff and played that live. I'm sitting in the crowd going, like, how, 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 how do you know? It was great. It was so it's such all, a good show. like, say goodbye. And stuff like that. That's great. Yeah. For the drum solo. Yeah. That's the is that that's the one that's like let's hook up tonight and pretend that nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. 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 It's perfect for that for the the crowd of a Dave Matthews. Yeah, absolutely. Up. People are probably doing that as the song. Yeah. Being yeah. Played. Like, everyone's like, oh yeah, sounds like a great idea, Dave. <laughs> Keep singing real high. You tell yeah. you telling me what I want to hear, buddy. Hi hi. <laughs> I really like Halloween. That was always my go to, and oh. then it, and then it came out on um, busted stuff, and it wasn't. No, it good. wasn't a good version. Mm. The old version is really, really great. Yeah. The one on recently. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm Tyler. And I'm Jay. And this is Roughing, Roughing the, the Pastor. It's a kind of so. I have the, the uh, each week we talk about uh, 
a topic, usually a pop culture topic or just a lifetime topic and talk about the theology of that thing and how, how one can look at that to learn more about the church, to learn more about uh, God, to learn more about each other, yes. things like that. And so um, this week is the theology of Weezer. Uh, now, the, to be clear, the theology of the songs that Weezer sings no. or the theology of Weezer Weezer existing. as a thing. Okay. <laughs> the idea of Weezer. Yeah. So first, uh, you may be saying, who is Weezer? Who are these old guys who are talking about Dave Matthews Band? <laughs> as though it's a thing that everybody loves. Uh, <laughs> hey, he's yeah. a treasure. <laughs> he's not even a national Do you remember treasure. when he dumped all that poop in Chicago? Yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, his tour bus just backed up over the edge of a... Uh, of a a bridge in yep. Chicago and op- like literally dumped, took a dump, dumped the 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 contents of the the toilet of the tour bus, and it happened to fall not in the river but on a tour boat that was driving <laughs> underneath. And on your left on the Just Lucky tour, <laughs> and, oh no! And above us, <laughs> so this is going to be a topic that's very specific to a certain generation, yeah. even though there's different access points for different people. But I think if you stick with us, yeah. This is going to be uh, going to have connectivity to anyone of any age who is interested in knowing about culture and the church. Yep. Because the story of Weezer is the story of every band who has done this, which yeah. is most bands. Most bands. Weezer did it profoundly and early and yet still persists yes. in in this kind of uh, the trajectory that they've done. Usually That's it's a kind of slower part. one. Yeah. yeah, They went real high and then shot straight down and then it just kept going. And... Um, and so, I mean, this is not just the story of Weezer. This is the story of, all of bands, us. really. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and all of us. Yeah. And and kind of the church. So we'll talk about uh-huh. that in a second. Yes. Uh, okay. So Weezer um, is a band that, that if you are of a certain generation, you know them as the band that recently came out with the cover of Africa by Toto. That yeah. song that the internet loves. Yes. Um, and, and And it was very, it was a big hit for a while. If you are a little bit older... Your knowledge of Weezer is they are the band that had that great song Beverly Hills. Uh, if you are a millennial, that's uh, that's your connection yeah. to Weezer. You're like, oh, listen to them. If you are slightly older than that, you may be, oh yeah, I know Weezer. They had that awesome song Island in the Sun, where they threw that monkey around for a while. That's true. They did. Yeah, which uh, it's I guess I mean, it's a chimpanzee, so it wasn't a monkey, but. Um, I was tricking you into a lie. I just made you agree <laughs> to something that was not true. That's uh, easy to do. <laughs> Uh, and then if you are uh, someone who has the privilege of having been old enough to understand who Weezer really was, you know them as one of the best um, kind of power pop bands of the mid-90s when alternative music was becoming a misnomer. Yes. In that it was no longer the alternative, it was the mainstream. everybody was doing. And their first album comes out in 1994. It's called The Blue Album. It's actually just called Weezer. It's right. directed by, uh, produced by Rico Kasich, who is the lead singer of The Cars, yep. uh, of great song fame, mm-hmm. you might think. Uh, you're just what I needed. You're just what I needed. Yeah. Uh, all that stuff. Their first album, The Cars' first album, is, uh, it's awesome. And they said, like, really, like, it's got nine tracks on it, and I think, and, and like, six of them are, like, amazing. Yeah. And they said, in retrospect, Rico Kasich said, we should have just called our first album Greatest Hits. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> when they came out with their first greatest hits album, it was half of it was their first album. That's an incredible idea. If you were listening to this right now and thinking about starting a band, yeah, and you have the opportunity to have a first album, yeah, call it greatest hits, yeah, but it better be good. 
I'd even think it'd be great if it was awful. I like that um, Devo, the band Devo. Mm-hmm. Whip it good. Uh, yeah, whip it good. Has uh, a greatest hits album and concurrently came out with a greatest misses album, <laughs> which is all their B sides. Like that's their B side, but it's songs that they thought would be good. It's a couple like B- rarity type things that are weird, but then a couple songs that they thought like it, they released it as a single and it just never connected. Never flew. And the uh, the cover of um, the greatest hits album is like a like a plane in the crosshairs. And then the cover of the greatest hit misses album is the same shot, but the crosshairs are, have missed the plane. <laughs> it's really neat. I'm just going to sit here today, and whenever you name a band, I'm going to name the song they're known yeah, for. Yeah, that yeah. sounds good. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anyway, Weezer uh, 1994 comes out with uh, the Blue Album. Uh, greatest They album. are a band from California, from Southern California. Mm-hmm. Um, four, Hills. four guys. They're not from Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um, that's where they want to be. Right. <laughs> so um and it's rivers cuomo is the the main guy weird name um he writes all the songs and is the main singer he's their main guitar player mm-hmm. uh brian bell that yeah, sound right that's right um and then their drummer named uh shavey mcgee he's got a shaved head i don't remember what his name is <laughs> shavey mcgee uh what is his name his name is something uh i'm sure bartleby will tell us at some An- point. animal the uh the muppet played drums yes that is true song. so animal yeah. was their drummer for one song yep. on keep fishing which yep. is a great latter-day song yeah uh and then the heart of the band i would <laughs> i would wager their bass player matt sharp yeah uh and that there's a very key reason for that which we'll find out in just mm-hmm. a moment so they come out with the blue album self-titled or just called weezer and um but the cover of it was blue so it got referred to as the blue album the first single on the Blue Album is called The Sweater Song, mm-hmm. Undone, uh, and it's a fantastic song. has this weird intro, this long intro where they're like at a party and some guy's talking to them. Yep. And I remember hearing it. I am 14 years old, have just recently heard of Kurt Cobain's passing, uh-huh. uh, sitting in the car and listening to uh, 107.9 The End from wow. Cleveland, Ohio. It's a great alternative rock station that I'm yeah. sure is a country radio station. Yeah, that's where they all go to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Out um, to pasture, as it were. And so uh, this song comes on, I was like, this song is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I like this band. And then they're called Weezer. And I was like, oh, that's a great name for a band. It reminded me of uh, the Jeffersons. Because yeah. the lady on Jefferson's name is Wheezy. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. And- uh, that song had such a cultural hit. Um, I remember watching, and Sarah remembers watching this too, Scott Hamilton, famous figure skater. Yeah. Did a routine. Who, when I was a kid, I thought that was Mark Hamill. Right. I thought Different Mark Hamill. People. Yeah, because kind of similar look, especially <laughs> when he had hair. And I was like, oh, I guess the Luke Skywalker is where not making are, movies anymore. Where are they now? <laughs> Skating. <laughs> but he did a routine where he wore a sweater, and the other skater grabbed an end of it and threw out the whole routine as he was to that song. Throw. Yeah, to that song. Oh my! And by the end of it, the sweater was. Gone. That's either awesome or the worst thing. Yeah. It's, it was a little bit of both. Yeah. But it was like yeah, Weezer in a, yeah. in a figure skating competition. Yeah. It was good news. Scott Hamilton, who still is like an announcer on the Olympics. Yeah. Like he's got a real raspy voice now. He's like, that was great. You should see it. <laughs> um, yeah. He's a real little guy. Likes to skate still. He's, yeah. Kinda so it's like Mark Hamilton. Yeah, a little bit. Mark Hamilton with no hair. And so um, that song came out and I thought that was great. Um, I was now 14, so I'm in the in the realm of actually buying my own albums yes. and stuff like this. CDs are still a relatively new thing at this point. So uh, when I got the Weezer album, was disappointed that it was only half an hour long. Yeah, it's short. Uh, as are all their albums. Yeah. But it was rock solid. Yep. So it's 10 songs, 
of amazing. And it starts with um, My Name is Jonas, which is just an amazing song. It has yeah. this like, tremendous riff to start off. If you've played rock band, you've played My Name is Jonas. Yeah. It's, a, it's a challenging song. Um, another up-to-date uh, reference for yeah, rock band. Right. Yeah, that's another connection point <laughs> to, to different ways people understand who Weezer are. My hair is really gray. Yeah, so uh, my, the, my hair and my beard yeah. is getting gray. That's, Mine's not, which yeah. I'm okay with. Yeah, that's like, okay. It can hang in there. Um, so uh, the big song off of that album, though, was a song called Buddy Holly. Yep. So Buddy Holly uh, was this really great song. It had a, a video directed by a guy named Spike Jones. Spike mm-hmm. Jones. Goes on to direct uh, Being John Malkovich and um, Adaptation, Where the Wild Things Are, stuff like that. Like really interesting, weird movies. Yeah. Uh, he had at that point directed the Beastie Boys sabotage video. So awesome. that was the biggest great thing. Video. Yeah, it's like the where they're like a 70s cops. And yeah. it's a really great video. Um, and he also, he was one of the producers of Jackass. Yeah, like really? that that show, yeah. Huh. He because he was real like tight with skateboarders and stuff, and almost all those guys were skateboarders, and so he is. He was there for a lot of the filming of that. Like he ran camera on a lot of that. Um, so uh, he directed that video, and it was set in Happy Days, which yep. was a show from the seventies. Arnold's uh, and what Arnold's Arnold's yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah. And uh, they did in the the um, the computer anime or the way they edited them into the episode is real seamless. Like yep. it looks really good, and yep. so it really looks like they are performing in an episode of Happy Days. And so that then blew up on MTV. And this is a, an era when MTV is really at I mean kind of peaking. Yep. This is a couple of years before TRL, which uh, <laughs> is a thing uh. that we it was so big and we have completely forgotten about it as yeah. we should yeah right thank goodness but to again to a certain generation of people they remember oh yeah trl and that like carson daly and everything that trl was like the, and that was kind of the later 90s into early 2000s but like the young justin timberlake britney spears era yeah, yeah. Um, sad and so this is right before that so there's not a trl yet um but uh, MTV is still the place where you go to find out about music. I am a uh, a lad living in Southeast Iowa at this point, so uh, not far from culture because we were close to the University of Iowa, which was a kind of hotbed in the mid Middle West of that. Um, but the uh, still not like it was not as easy to find music. Right. You found music by having a good radio station or knowing someone who knew all the music. Yeah, and I had um, kind of a a dealer <laughs> of music. <laughs> Uh, usually you just find an older person. I mean, like someone who's like two or three years older than you in high school who, yep. or like someone's older brother who happens to know all the bands. Yep. And that's especially back then. It was such an interesting period that you kind of found out about by bands by having the right friends. No, that's exactly right. When I was a kid, my uh, we lived really far away from our church, like really far away. It was like 15, 20 minutes or yeah. something like that. Super far as a kid. <clears throat> right. And my parents got sick of driving me, and it turned out the older sister of one of the youth group kids lived right up the road from us. So she would drive us to youth group all the time. And that's how I learned about 90. That's how I learned about garbage. That's how I learned about... Um, oh, just listening to that stuff in the, in in the car? In her car. Yeah. Nice. It was like, oh... Okay, this is what music is. Nice. Yeah. I had a friend, uh, his name was Brian, and his older brother, Jeremy, and then his older brother, Eric, like really like these really interesting, like they knew about Nirvana before anybody else. Um, they knew about like all the sub pop stuff like Mud Honey and uh, yeah. the Pixies and and like kind of de- Fugazi, like real, 
real like deep alternative stuff yeah. like pre- actually alternative yes yeah. yes this the all the forerunners to everything that actually hit yeah was this stuff so like the pixies are kind of a proto weezer band yeah so you get you mix the pixies with um and the pixies uh probably most known for their song where is my mind mm-hmm. whereas the it's the song at the end titles of fight club yeah. which is also a movie that's 20 years old so gosh like none of these references are really <laughs> picking much but, hey but, kids yeah you'd know it if you heard it i yeah. think yeah. Uh, but uh the pixies were had this kind of loud quiet loud way of doing music and that they'd have a real loud beginning and then they'd go real quiet and it was real loud and uh, Nirvana mimicked that. So Nirvana really tried to follow mm-hmm. the Pixies. And uh, Weezer did that to a degree mixed with the cars, really. Right. And so you kind of have this kind of new wave, 80s alternative uh, influence in Weezer. And it, even before Rick Ocasek. Right? Rick Ocasek brings that to them. And Rick Ocasek told them, I want you to do um, barbershop harmonies. Huh. So like had them all learn how to sing barbershop. Yeah. And so especially those first couple albums, you can really hear there's so so many harmonies going on. And it's not that they all have great voices. They kind of don't, but they all can hit the notes. And when you put, when you harmonize with the correct notes, it doesn't really matter. Like you don't need vibrato and stuff like that. And so uh, it it added like this. So they had this really hard kind of chunky guitar um, with these kind of beautiful harmonies in these uh, pretty simple lyrics. So, uh, Anyway, this this blue album has ten tracks that are amazing. Um, uh, Buddy Holly is a big hit. Uh, that's pretty much the biggest hit on there. Say it ain't so. Oh, that say it up. ain't so. That say it ain't part. so. Say it ain't so is uh, hands down one of my favorite songs. Yeah, it's I, so I, good. I have been able to whittle it down to five songs that are my favorites of all time, and yeah. say it ain't so is one of them. And it, so it good. always gets me. And it was the interesting thing about say it ain't so is I did not know what that song was about until about. 10 years ago yeah. maybe a little less because i just never really listened to the lyrics yeah and uh because the the song is so great and a lot of alternative songs are this way if you listen to any lyrics of like nirvana songs they're all kind of gibberish yeah they don't really mean anything <laughs> and that's what the the pixies are really that like all the pixie songs even those even though they're kind of about something they're all just like free association weird stuff the beatles and, are very much yes like that. Like oh by the end the beatles don't even care they don't no. even write a whole song they just take two songs and mash them together right and like you hear like a day in the life is clearly two different songs. Yeah. The end is clearly two different songs. Like they just don't like each other. They're just like Paul would write apart and John would write apart. Like there, it's a song. Let's Stitch just put it together. together. Yeah. yeah. How are we gonna transition? Don't. Don't care. Just do it. Just yeah. It's one track. There you go. I'm leaving. <laughs> See ya. Um. So uh um uh anyway uh, the lyrics to saying and so it's basically about alcoholism mm-hmm. like it's really sad and yeah. about an alcoholic who would like he had had a bad situation with his father and kind of inherited this alcoholism and then his father got fixed up but he's still messed up and like there's no one left to blame now yeah. like it's really you know it's really but it's i just a, thought it was a just a great song. song to sing really loud yeah and right. um uh oh man when i was at the that rolling rock town fair the deftones were there oh uh, Deftones were, uh, and now you say that, you, that, that, uh, I that, mean, the one song, whatever that, shove it. Yeah, I did not like the Deftones, and yeah. they were terrible live. Really? But then they finished by singing Say It Ain't So, and everybody went crazy, and I was like, this is not fair. And I was like, <laughs> I almost like felt like turning around and be like, no, put your cheers away. These cheers belong to Weezer. They do not belong to this band. Put that back. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, man, that was a weird, that was like 2001, something yeah. like that. That was a weird era in music. Incidentally, I'm just going to put this out there. Maybe we'll get this edited out or not. Yeah, yeah. 
the, I was listening to an interview with David Crowder, who Ooh. once talked about worship music and how David worship- Crowder, famous Christian worship band guy, right. especially in the early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. And he was talking about how people write these worship songs and they obsess over, is it singable? Yeah. Can people sing it in church? Can it, is it, are people going to Especially when you're like Crowder writing praise music. Right. Like it's not just, I'm a Christian artist who's writing rock songs. I'm writing songs to be used in in the context of worship. But then his point was Weezer didn't have that conversation about Say It Ain't So. No, they didn't. They Boy. just wrote the song. That is a song that it's it's so hard not to sing along. Right, with that song. you go yeah. to the show, you sing along. It does, I don't think Rivers Cuomo ever gave a second thought to. No, could you sing it? Man, that is but a great it song. Is like it just is singable. Yeah, so um, maybe just write better songs and everybody will sing along. To yeah, them, yeah, know? that's it. So, it, um, so Weezer has these great hooks, and the, so they come out with this album, and it's just great. Mm-hmm. Like, so the whole album's great. Uh, it ends with uh, "Only in Dreams," which was always the song that I would use to end mixtapes. <laughs> it's a nice. great end to a mixtape. Yeah, that's another lost era, man. We need to do a yeah. show about mixtapes. Oh, man, write that down. Like, and not just mix CDs, but mixtapes, yes. because you ha- you can't skip stuff. And right. they, oh man. That will make us feel real old. <laughs> As if we aren't there. I know, already. but I mean, like it'll it that will be a limited audience for that. <laughs> so anyway, they then they come out with their second album. It's called Pinkerton, and Pinkerton is a departure from the Blue album. Yeah, but only in that it's at the songs that were only opaquely about stuff before are now blatantly about stuff. Yeah, and it's about a young man in his mid twenties struggling with relationships. Mm-hmm. And struggling with fame that came from the first album, struggling with touring, struggling with trying to um, know what meaning is and knowing what his purpose is and and especially like kind of physical relationships versus emotional relationships. It's really profound. Yep. Because lyrically, musically, it's it's pretty much a natural progression from the next one. Like it fits, it sits really well with the first album, but it's, it, it expands a little bit. Yeah. Um, and yet, lyrically, it actually shows great depth. The initial reviews of Pinkerton are like, basically, we don't, this is too much information. We don't need to know about this. <laughs> right. Put, keep your diary to yourself, Rivers Cromwell. We don't want to hear about how you're obsessed with Japanese girls or things like right. that. And, yeah. And, uh, and he did fall in love with a fan from Japan. And so at least three songs on the album are about that. Yep. Um, in various levels. There's one called Across the Sea, which is real personal and yeah. gets real deep. And you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but it's a great song. And But like lyrically, it's just pretty raw. And I mean, compared to some other lyrics, there's it's not, it wouldn't make you blush, but it's like, wow, this guy's getting real serious here. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's the album that they get the moniker and it still hangs around them, but which is weird. But that's when they were an emo band. Blue album, they were like just a rock band. Yeah, I never really connected that. I mean, I guess you could. That, that would be their emo album because that's a lot of, uh, in college. Again, sadly, yeah, I was the emo kid. Yeah, and a lot of the emo crowd listened to Pinkerton, not Weezer. Yeah, Pinkerton. Yeah, Pinkerton had all the feels. Yep, it was packed with feels. <laughs> right. So, we, so as an emo kid, were you into like uh, Dashboard Confessional, like uh, that level? Hundred percent. Okay. Love Dashboard. Oh man, I gotta say. Uh, I I love two Dashboard Confessional songs. Yeah, I have no interest in any other Dashboard no. Confessional, but uh, hands down, mm-hmm. great, and song. Screaming Infidelities. Yep, 
Those are amazingly well written. I uh, went back a little while ago and listened to Dashboard just to like have the nostalgia of my college days. What was I thinking? It's yeah. un- it's unbearable. Oh, okay. It's unbearable. But those two songs, those two songs, those two great. songs hold up, especially the acoustic versions of them, because yep. they're more singer songwriter. Like I'm gonna tell you a story about my pain. Yep. Well, that's the one, and then the other ones. I'm gonna tell you a story about the best date I ever went on. Yep. And it's just the sweetest thing ever. Yep. And then, so was it then like Good Charlotte and stuff like that I too? I did a lot of Good Charlotte. Yeah. Jimmy World. Yeah. Uh, Sum 41? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got a great story about Sum 41, but we'll, Wait, we'll come back to that later. Is there a great story about Sum 41? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll well, throw now now I want to hear it. I'll throw it under the bus. So yeah. my sister oh. loved Sum 41. Huge crush on What's-His-Face. I don't even know. Not all of the 41, just some of just them. Just some of them. Okay. Uh, so at Warped Sum Forty One, a band that uh, from Canada that had the had the one song. Yeah, probably gonna get sued for doing that. We're not gonna get sued. No one's gonna know anything about any of this. No one's listening. Yeah, but she really liked them. So when they came to town for Warp Tour, my dad made me take my sister nice to this concert and the mosh pit got absurd. Yeah. So I and they were all like teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, holding back a sea of humanity, trying to keep my sister from dying while she's having a, a crush on the lead singer of this nice. band. I was like, this is, I don't want to be here. I always thought he looked like Pete from Pete's Dragon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Like a slightly more grown up Pete's Dragon. Huh. Yeah. Which is now the second uh, Pete's Dragon reference. Which, by the way, I do need to mention uh, Robin Williams because we watched Robin Williams. And, <laughs> and, oh, 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 excuse me, doctor. Oh, 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 uh, sorry, Robin Williams just walked in. Hello, hello, hello Robin Williams. See ya. See you later. Oh, so, so Weezer now as, at our hearing has two great albums back yes. to back. Amazing albums. And um, so then they they have and and. Uh, uh, I mean, El Scorcho is great. Uh, the Good Life is great. Everything on Pinkerton is just, get just you. great. You so, can't not yeah. headbang to get you. Oh, and so it's um, and, and it got poor reviews just because I think they were too big and and like Rolling Stone and people like that like to just kind of knock people down. Right. Rolling Stone I think gave it a two star review. Wow. And since then went back and gave it a five star review I was because say, Rolling Stone is they, the worst magazine. They ever. blew yeah. it. Yeah, they're terrible. Um, and so, because of that, then Rivers Cuomo kind of like went in on himself, uh-huh. said he regretted writing that album, and then went uh, had a had a, a, a pre not a midlife crisis, an early life crisis, <laughs> right. and went uh, as you do when you're young and have an early life crisis. Quit the band and went to Harvard. Okay, and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, he didn't quit, like kind of put the band on hiatus, and he's the singer songwriter, and so that kind of does it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Matt Sharp, the spiritual heart of the band bass player who does all the uh, he provides the whimsy uh-huh. if you will yes and uh he has all the real high harmonies on all the songs which are great and he's like got a he's just a real great fuzz bass player he uh has a side project called the rentals which is amazing i didn't learn i didn't know this you didn't know about the rentals no. you know do you know about the rentals no oh so the rentals they they had uh an album uh just called return of the rentals and it's him and the bass player the, the the drummer of weezer who I can't remember his name. Pat Wilson. Hey, uh, that's it. And uh, um, so the two of them, plus uh, the Hayden sisters from the band That Dog. So huh. this is another kind of deep cut. So the, And the Hayden sisters are um, the daughters of Charlie Hayden, who's a bass player, or a, um, a jazz guy. 
And so they they have harmony, like a lot of harmony, and they um, uh, one of them plays violin. So they add and they play a lot of Moog synthesizers. Okay. And so they have a song called Friends of P that is great. And uh, um, and then the, and the whole album is great, but it's a lot of like real heavy synth Moog synthesizers and bass and drums and just a really cool kind of like post new wave album you know what i love best about apple music what slash spotify you can just find it's it right away just putting it in my i'm, I'm listening to this on the way home oh like, yeah it's, it's so good that album's great and it's the especially if you're jonesing for a great third weezer album yeah yeah right. it's not quite weezer but it's it's right on there and then there's their second album which came out a few years later is called i think it's seven minutes more is mm-hmm. what it's called that's also a great album. All right. There, then they didn't have anything for like 15 years, and now they do. So anyway, Matt Sharp does that as a side project, which becomes big on MTV. Um, and um, basically, by the time Weezer gets back for another album, which is four years later, I think. Yeah. It's maybe 99, 2000. I was like, say, it was close to the end of my high school. Yeah, I think so. it was 2000. I was in college, um, and I remember getting a demo um, – when Adrian was in college, like I went to visit her and we were going to some fair and they were just handing out cassette tapes, which just had uh, three songs on it uh, of the green album. So yeah. this is their next album and Matt Sharp is not on it. So this is probably 2000. I think um, uh, Pinkerton comes out in 96. So it's probably four years yeah. in between the two. Matt Sharp uh, leaves the band and or is Rivers Cuomo and he have a breakup basically. Yeah. And, then they have Mikey Walsh, who's their new bass player. He's only there for, I think, an album, and he had a big drug problem, so he didn't yeah. really connect. So they come out with a green album. The green album, which, again, is just called Weezer, but it's green on the right. cover, has uh, some decent songs, but they all sound like demos. Yep. Like, every song's like two minutes long. And this album's like maybe 25 minutes long. Like, it's really, it's a short EP. It's a great album for four songs. Yeah. And then by song five, you're like, you've already done this. Yeah. yeah. And Island in the Sun is great. Uh, what else is good on that? Hash pipe. Hash pipe is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, hash pipe is a precursor to Beverly Hills, but it's yeah. it's still it, it's a it's, it's not quite as overproduced though yeah. as Beverly Hills was. That's true. That's yeah. true. But uh, hash pipe starts the era of Weezer trying to be what it was. Yep, and that's where you can see the loss of Matt Sharp. So yep. Matt Sharp had this whimsy, and there's whimsy in. Their videos in the other stuff in in the um, uh, in the lyrics in the like say it ain't so like uh, Buddy Holly what's with these homies dissing my girl yeah is the opening line and which sounds so funny if you look at Google yeah. Rivers Cuomo right yeah. now and imagine and he's singing that. it in a way that you don't even register that he's like say that uh, and just it it they have this kind of this this whimsy that's very fun to them and it seems very ironic but not too cute for itself like they're not really clever they're just like yeah we just like having fun yeah and then all of a sudden you get with like hash pipes like now they're like remember how you used to like this here's yeah. a little more of this yeah. and then we go from the green album and the green album does pretty good because island in the sun uh, is a is a real good song yeah. and um but it's kind of a low like beach song basically yeah. and uh it, it's a it's a pretty big hit and then we have um a series of albums that are not great. I can't remember. Well, Maladroit is right next. Is Maladroit next? Yeah, Maladroit comes after the Green Album. Okay, I really like Maladroit. I do too. It was half of Maladroit is great. Yeah, yeah. It was as close to getting back to them as that's true. But Keep even, Fishing is great. Burnt Jam is great. Oh, and Dope Nose is great. Yeah, yeah. But even in some of those, like 
the Green Album, I think, part of the Green Album's flaws, it has a formula. Yeah. Verse, chorus, guitar solo. Yeah. Get out. Right. Yeah. And, and that's it. Maladroit, Fade out, even. Right. Maladroit tries to keep that formula. In, so, like, there are songs that you'll listen to on that album and go, there's no reasonable way to put a guitar solo here. Yeah. And then they do. They do it. And you're like, why? Yeah. Why did you do that? You didn't need that. Yeah. And then, so you could start to feel that, like, tug of, we so, have a formula, but. Apart from, like, maybe Keep Fishing. So Keep Fishing is the Muppets one. If you if you want to Google, I mean, that's a good one. It's a great it's a, video. It's a great song. It's a great video. It's, it's It starts with them and the Muppets. So if you just Google Weezer, Keep Fishing. Yeah. Uh, and the video version of the song is a little bit different than the album version, which yeah. I like it better. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that one sounds fun, but that's the only one that kind of naturally sounds fun. Like they start to be a band that's like a cover band of Weezer. <laughs> yes. And uh, they have now have a the, a new bass player by this point. I can't remember his name. Yeah. Long um, hair McGee. Yeah. No, short hair McGee. Wait, Tattoos. Tattoo man. Oh right, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah, Mr. Tattoos. So now it's the, it's the band that they currently have. Right. And throughout all this, there's kind of whispers like maybe Matt Sharp will come back, and he doesn't. Never. Uh, I think because Rivers Cuomo is fine being the main guy. Yeah. Um, and so they then come out with a series of albums that are just progressively worse, but everyone kind of has a hit enough that they're getting played on like mainstream pop rock radio. So right. make believe is an album with a bunch of and and that's the frustrating thing too is you listen to these albums and they're filled with the same the formula of what makes a Weezer song yep chunky guitars uh, harmonies uh, real catchy melodies but they are soulless and so on paper they should work yeah but they really don't they don't and this really came together uh, about when was this November yeah you, so, how do you come up with this stuff? Is, <laughs> is how I'm going to preface this section of the... Okay, so I just texted Jay and uh, Ed Sutter, uh, who's another youth leader who works here with Jay, uh, and said, um, well, first it was... Smash Mouth. Smash Mouth. You evil, <laughs> evil person. I had... So when, when all the Prince albums became available on Spotify again, uh, I put them all in a playlist, and because Prince is fantastic, and... Um, but yeah, but Prince has a lot of really not good albums. Like he's and he's got a lot of albums. So I wanted to listen to Prince's old catalog, and so I put him on a playlist and put him in alphabetical order. So instead of listening to a whole album that's not great, you're just listening to one song that's not great, and it makes some of the songs better. So you can right. appreciate them in a better way. And so uh, and that was a long. It's like 90 hours of music. And yeah. So it took me a month and a half to do that, and that's all I listened to was Prince for a month <laughs> and a half. Um, and uh, so then I thought this was a funny thing, and. I, I just thought, man, what would be the worst band to do this with? And at first, I thought it was Nickelback, and I thought I don't even want to—I no, don't even want to make that we playlist. We can't do that. But I thought Smash Mouth would be funny, so I made a, a playlist of Smash Mouth and put every song that they've done. Which, by the way, Smash Mouth has what three Christmas albums? Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it's like they turned into that store that has Christmas stuff. Yeah, in June. I think they have eight albums, and three of them are Christmas albums, something like that. So anyway, I put. I made a playlist of all the Smash Mouth songs, which you can see on Tyler. I'm at just Tyler Domsky at Spotify if you want to yeah. do the Smash Mouth you, challenge. You owe it to yourself. Uh, so I, I just texted Jay and said, hey, you should listen to this and only this. I challenge you. Yep. And you're like, no problem. Yeah. This will be fun. Tremendous problem. And let me tell you where it broke down <laughs> is I was training at that point for a bike ride. <laughs> so the day after I started this thing, I've got my ride. I've got like a 50 mile ride to do. And I've got my headphones on 
and I'm listening to freaking Smash yeah, Mouth so, at Christmas. And, and the 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 deal was you don't have to listen to it nonstop in that it you like you can have time where there's not. But if you're listening to music, right. You cannot listen to anything else until you've gotten all the way through I this place. I was so mad and at I you. And I think it's, it's. I mean, it's like a day and a half's worth of, yeah. it's like maybe, what, like 15 hours? It's not a tremendous amount, yeah. but it is a tremendous amount. It's a, it's a, it's. And again, Smash Mouth is that band that sings, somebody, and that's all you need to know. Like, that's, <laughs> that's their whole oeuvre, is that's that. It. That's it. And every song is, is on a Shrek, on a Shrek soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. Also true. Yeah. So uh, it was great though to see your bravado going into it, and like four songs in, you're like, "Guys, this is gonna be tough." It broke me. <laughs> I was a broken man. So uh, seeing how great that was, I thought, uh, and knowing that there was a new Weezer album coming mm-hmm. out, and it was when Africa came out, their cover of Africa, which is a thing in and of itself. Um, so I put all the Weezer albums, and I know that the, there had been kind of some hidden stuff, like like we said, Maldrite has some good uh-huh. stuff on it. Um, I heard that the White album actually was really yeah, good. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, and so I thought, this would be a great way, just like the Prince stuff, to uh, get some lousy albums out of the way, but hear some good songs. And so I put that in an alphabetical thing, and then I invited Jay and Ed to do it. It was less of a challenge, less of the Smash Mouth challenge, more yeah. just like, hey, let's do this and see what we think. And it was real rough. Yeah. Uh, we all did it. It took longer because there's more albums, but also each song is like three minutes long. So it wasn't super long, but, and it's, it, it makes you realize the quality of the blue album and Pinkerton because they are these islands of beautiful, of fantastic music in the midst of just this kind of samey stuff. And it's, it's awful because it's lukewarm. So as said, (laughs) to bring it all back. So Jesus says, uh, there's a point in the Bible in revelation, actually, where Jesus is talking to the churches and he says, you guys are neither hot nor cold. You are lukewarm, and I spit you out of my mouth. Yep. And it's saying, like, you're not terrible, and you're not great. You're just nothing, and that's the worst. I would rather you try and be terrible yeah. or actively be terrible, <laughs> but you're just you're just nothing, yeah, you're not and it's it. garbage. And that is Weezer. That's the best definition of Weezer. They are lukewarm. They are the lukewarmiest band, yep. and it's so sad. And so... It gets all the way to um, this most recent cover. So Weezer keeps putting out albums uh, and has a rabid follow like fan base uh-huh. that they do cruises and stuff like this. And uh, so, if you follow Rivers Cuomo on, on Twitter, yeah. he's been going to Weezer cover band concerts oh, man. and slipping in the back and just yeah. watching. Yeah. Which, first of all, how messed up is that? Yeah. Uh, but so he has fun with it. I but bet some is. of them are pretty good. Yeah, right. They're yeah. probably better than Weezer. Oh, hands down. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what the playlist is. <laughs> so they, uh, um, so we, uh, they get someone on online says, "Hey, you guys should cover Africa by mm-hmm. Toto." Uh, this is a great '80s song, yeah. which is like a, a meaningless, weird yacht rock song that, that, that doesn't that, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, it, but it's a great song, and so they take the challenge say sure we'll cover it and they proceed to cover it precisely note for note yeah and so what it is to bring it back to uh, a couple weeks ago we were talking about the disney remakes Mm -hmm. it's like that so it's the live like how disney disney's remaking all the live action versions of all the animated classics that they had like beauty and the beast and things like that and they aren't really changing much and so it makes it to the point where you're like what's the point and that's exactly what happens with with Weezer's Toto is it they try to make it just sound like or Weezer's Africa they try to make it sound like Toto's Africa which is fine except they don't have 
they're not Toto. No. And Toto actually has like good singing voices yeah. and can play the organ or, or the the keyboard really well. And, and Weezer can't. Yep. And so it just sounds like a like a bad cover band playing the song. We're usually like when a band covers something, it's nice when they kind of switch it up a little. Right. And make it their own. Which that was the twist in this story is Toto after Africa blew up on the internet and got like kind of niche, which again I'd like to explore why at some point. Yeah. Toto covered Hashpipe. Oh. Have you not heard this? No. It's what pre the, pre the pre Africa? No, this oh, is okay. after Africa's come and blown up and Toto at some concert says, Hey, if you're gonna steal our song, we're gonna take yours. <laughs> and they actually did it, because like they did it in a style of Weezer and like it's not it's just it's so outside of what Toto is yeah that you're like what how how are you doing it plus they're like super old so like seeing them do like well and the thing about Toto not to get real deep in like we've already gotten deep (laughs) enough into Weezer but Toto is they were a band that was made out of studio musicians yeah and so like they are the band on Thriller Mm -hmm. like Thriller is Toto and Michael Jackson Wow, I um, know that. On almost every song. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen plays on Beat It. Yeah. But almost the rest, almost all of the rest is Toto. Like, because Quincy Jones produced it and he called on Toto. And Toto became a band just because they were playing together all the time and they're like, we should just write our, like they got a singer and then they became a band, but they still were doing studio stuff. And yeah. so it was back in an era in the late 70s, early 80s when there was less touring and more just like studio albums. Yep. And because of that, they got really good at being able to copy any kind of style, and they are incredibly like skilled musicians. Yeah. And so, for them to just be able to cover Hashpipe, which is not a complicated song, no. is makes sense. Really, really easy. Yeah. So, um, anyway, we got a little bit adrift there. The uh, <laughs> so Us? we we hear yeah you hear you hear this this song and the way they covered it and it sounded like it's basically Weezer saying. What do you guys want us to do? Yeah. You like this? Okay, here's this. Yep. And they did they did what the internet asked them to do, but they didn't really do anything. Yeah. And that is the story of Weezer. <laughs> is that they now are just trying to give us what we want. Well, and it goes a little bit beyond because they well not this is the story of Weezer because then the Teal album comes. Yes, which was not expected. No. So they're coming out with this album called the Black Album, which came out and it's terrible. It's so and, bad. And. Uh, they randomly drop without telling everybody this thing called the Teal album, which is an album of cover songs, 10 cover songs. Toto's one of them, or yeah. Africa's one of them. And much like their cover of Africa, none of them do anything. Oh. It's a great playlist. Like on Spotify, someone made a playlist of the 10 songs, just the original ones. <laughs> yeah. And it's a far better album because yeah, right. that's what you want to hear. They don't do anything different with them. No. And all of them are sung with Rivers Cuomo's voice, which is not a great voice. And um, it's it's just kind of nothing. I was having this conversation with my youth group the other day. Like a cover, like even like some of my favorite covers, and this might just be me, but like when a band so radically outside the genre of what they're covering does yeah. it. So Switchfoot once did Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Ooh, that'd be good. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is not a rock song. Yeah. And yet this really works. What the way is you're your, doing it. so what are, uh, what's your favorite cover? Or what's a favorite cover that you can think of? That's a really good question. So I I, w- I really liked. Um, oh, I had one. Well, they oh, might be Giants covers Bills, 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 <laughs> right. and that's really good. Um, what's his name? I can't think of his name. Now. 
Hang on. Don't come to me. The guy that did Mad World. Oh, uh, Gary Jules. Yes. Yeah. Because Mad World was... Um, it was Tears for Fears. And the original song is real weird. Yeah. Like it's fast. And, and so Mad World is the, it's kind of the main theme song to Donnie Darko. Another thing that's 20 Dated. years old. <laughs> um, Stay in our lane. Yeah, but, yeah, our lane. yeah, that's true. So, but it's, it's this beautiful song. That's a cover of a Tears for Fears song. That's from like 1983. Yep. That's this, it's one of their first singles. So it's Tears for Fears before they became the band with Shout and everything like that. And everybody yeah. wants to rule the world. Um, it's from their first album and it's it's there but it like moves too fast and like the video is super weird because the one guy's right. just dancing outside the window the whole time <laughs> dancing really fast and super short shorts um but that kind of thing where where it they re they claim the song yeah. and it kind of becomes their own yeah um yeah so i thought looking at the track list to the teal album yeah that at least I, when I my eyes gazed upon No Scrubs, yeah. the famous oh, TLC yeah, yeah. song, yeah. I was like, okay, surely Weezer had fun with this and did something crazy with it because Weezer's a rock band. Yeah, No Scrubs is a uh, poppy hip hop song. Yeah, TLC. What'd you do? It's the same song. Yeah, it's the same thing. So Weezer. So all this to bring it all round to the point. Yeah, Weezer then is now this band. Um, and I think, I mean, the loss of Matt Sharp is, is a big part of that because Matt Sharp was someone who could say, don't be so serious. Right. Let's just have fun. And now Weezer is a band that is the most people pleasing band that they could possibly be. Yep. They're trying to do, they had an album called Hurley that was just a picture of the character Hurley from the show Lost yep. at the peak of that show. And it's just like, you guys like this? Here's a relevant thing. Here's a thing. Yeah. Uh, they did one video which was all just recreating uh, internet memes. Yeah. And it's just kind of saying, you got, this is what the kids like, right? <laughs> uh, when they came out with the Black Album, they uh, created, they worked with the, the game developers of Fortnite and created an island in Fortnite. That was called the Weezer album. They're really, they're like, this is what the kids like, right? You guys like this? Yeah. yeah. And um, it's, overwhelming so again to to kind of bring it so why are we talking about this why did we spend um before we edit it we've been talking for three hours and 15 minutes about weezer <laughs> um okay, i looked at my watch because I, <laughs> I couldn't tell that was accurate yeah, or not this is pretty close um <laughs> and it's, so why take this deep dive into this band that that i don't care about anymore um because this is in a lot of ways what the exactly what the church is doing yeah. so the Weezer starts off with this genuine expression of joy, of um, of sorrow, of struggles, uh, but of um, harmony. I mean, so they're a band that has simple melodies that bring you into community, like that you cannot not sing, yep. say it ain't so, like you right. must shout these songs. Yep. And they sing it together as a band with with a diversity of voices that make something better than they can on their own. And it has a purity and an innocence to it. And then that innocence gets commodified and that purity gets um, monetized yep. and they try to just replicate it. And there's an authenticity that is lost. Yes. And so everything is now going through the motions and they're doing all the right things They're They have still melodies that are catchy. They, he's still using weird, ironic like lingo that is not befitting of a man who's in his mid forties right. and white, uh, like that kind of stuff. But 
they're tr- still trying to be clever and ironic, but in a way that is so forced yeah. that it's um, it's like the cover of Toto, yeah. where it's like I'm I don't have the energy to actually do anything new. But if this is what you guys want, then I'll do it. Oh, and then you like that? Okay, we'll do it nine more times, yeah. and we'll just kind of fart it out real quick. <laughs> And then here you go, Teal album. And the right people will like it and it'll it'll keep us in the it's another headline. Yep. And the church has really done that. The church in America particularly. Yeah. Uh especially over the twentieth century, twenty first century. Like it, but in a way we figured out how to do something. We had some authenticity and then we figured out how to make churches grow. And it was an era when the status quo was you're just Christian. Mm-hmm. And so people would move to a place and they would just automatically go to a church. And so the Presbyterian Church in particular figured out if we just build churches where they're building houses, especially in all these post-war um, folks that are coming. Yeah, exactly. Both yeah. the both the communities that we exist in, which are inherently white yep. because the laws at the time didn't allow people of color to move into those areas. All the white flight coming out of the cities or moving into the suburbs, the formation, creation of the suburbs, the, the Protestant denominations are thrive because of the advent of the suburbs, which happens after post-war America. uh, It's why you get most denominations are largely most Protestant denominations are largely white. Uh, So there's all kinds of systematic racism things coming into it and, and just cultural things that uh, are too big to deal with right in this moment, because we spent so much time with Weezer because that's what you really (laughs) want to hear about. Um, But gives the people what they want. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, let's break down every name of, of the band members in the first two <laughs> albums, track by track. But let's gloss over systematic racism. Yeah, we'll get back to that. Yeah, we will. So, but but because of that, you have this thriving that happens in the American church, and they they get in this because that was the culture. It was just assumed that everybody belonged to a church, and we made church membership effectively just be participation. Uh-huh. So you show up and you participate by tithing and or attending. Right. So as long as you can do one or two of those things, attend and give money, yeah. then you're an active member. And that's really all. And if you can do a little more, that's great. But at the very least, tithe and show up. Right. And if you can tithe and show up, then that's great. And we just put up a big sign. There was like, here's the church. And it's like saying, here's the supermarket or here's the post office. It was a thing that was a, a necessary part of our society. Yeah. And so churches stopped trying they just gave you what you want. Oh, you don't want to come at 11 o'clock? Okay, we'll make an 8 o'clock too. Yep. Oh, you don't like that kind of music? We'll do this kind of music too. And it became very cold. And not that's not to besmirch different worship times or different worship styles, but to, to make that... For many churches, it was more a consumer-based decision to do those things yeah. rather than a moving of the spirit to say, we have discerned that God would like us to do different that god can speak in different kinds of music it's just like oh what do people like they like what's on the radio let's have a whole worship service but not we won't change our main worship service because that's the bread and butter right but we'll add a second thing (laughs) we aren't gonna not release the black album but we'll we'll come out with the teal album too right and uh that um cheapening of the relationship and turning it into just a responsive thing to chase the trends has become a really sad reality in the church. Yeah. And it's it's created, in some ways, it, it it's led to the death of Christendom, which was a bad thing. Because So Christendom is basically Christian empire. It's the whole idea right. that, the, that this or any nation was a Christian nation, or that that was the goal, or that we should conquer the world for Christ, that we should imperialize the planet. Right. Um, 
that is a terrible idea. That is, uh, and it has only led to terrible Christianity yes. and terrible things for the people in those countries that have been imperialized. So yeah. that Christendom was always a bad thing and is it is good that it's done. But because it persisted in America so long, this idea that we were a Christian nation, that, that the status quo should be Christianity just by default, um, it led to real low stakes Christianity. Yeah. It didn't matter what you believed. It just mattered showing up at least a couple times a month and giving money to the church. And then you're a Christian. Um, and that um, it led to a hollow church that doesn't know what it is, what it believes or why it believes it. Right. Which is where Weezer is right now. Yeah. A yeah. band that is just making records because they're supposed to. And just doing what people say that they want, but then it turns out that's not really what they want, right. but it's enough people want it that they can still keep going. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, the thing I was thinking about, uh, this is such a rich topic, with Pinkerton, right? Mm -hmm. I think Pinkerton is their most authentic album. Yeah. By far. Oh, absolutely. And they got tagged for it. Yeah. And that's what made them quit. But then we absolutely. find out later that yeah. So, like, I have been to churches, I won't name drop anybody, I come more from the contemporary worship style. Mm -hmm. um, I've been to churches where it's a show. Yeah. Every musician is paid professional musician on the stage. The graphics are pristine. The lights have coordinated times and everything. And you can fill an auditorium that way. Um, when we started the contemporary service here, we decided right away that like no outside hires. Yeah. No fancy light shows. We yeah. worship in a gym. Yeah. Uh, if you're in this band, it's because you worship here and you want to be a part of it, or you're a, a friend of somebody at the church, right? Yeah. Like it, there's an authenticity and an organic yeah. kind of feel to that community. It's representative of the community. Right. Yeah. I think that gets us way farther ahead than, I, I mean, we, over our history at this church, we've had awful musicians circle through the band, like yeah. just bad, Yeah. but no one cared Yeah. because they were us. Um, and that's more vulnerable. Yeah. People might tag you for that. Like if you are going through some stuff and have to like show some emotion on stage or whatever, like that's going to hit you. Um, you're opening yourself up to criticism. All yeah. true. Yeah. But I think if we're honest about it, it's a better result at the end. Yeah. Well, it, and it's relational. It's honest. And it's it's true. Yeah. And that's exactly what Weezer is not. Yep. And in many cases, what the church is not. And that's what has turned people off from the church in the same way that it's turned people off from Weezer. I think that there's a lot of people who have been hurt by the church who actively have um, run from the church. Yeah. Um, and that's a terrible thing, which which we need to deal with. And we'll talk about that. In kind uh -huh. of another thing. But that's not what we're talking about right now. Right. There's a lot of people who've had a relationship with the church that is not unlike the relationship with Weezer, yeah. which is that it's just slowly become terrible. And it's slowly become irrelevant, and it sounds a little like what they know before. Yep. And so, like, you tune back into Weezer, you're like, yeah, that's probably what Weezer should sound like, I guess. But yeah. I'm just not in any way interested in that anymore. But then every once in a while, you'll hear saying ain't so. Mm -hmm. And you're reminded of what you loved. Yeah. And you're also reminded of how much it's not that anymore. Yeah. And I'm not talking about chasing nostalgia. I'm not talking about right. just wanting, like... If Weezer was just a band that just toured on the Blue Album and Pinkerton right now, that would make me a little. I would go to that album or to that to that show, right. uh, but it would still make me sad. Like it's not. No, uh, I you, want the people that are going to create the next Pinkerton. Yeah, right. And even if it's not the next Pinkerton, like try. Yeah. 
Like I, I, uh, we talked about Death Cab at the beginning. Mm-hmm. I, I, the best Death Cab album is Transatlanticism. No it's, it's amazing, and they've had great albums since then. They've never been as good as trans- Transatlanticism, but they've never tried to make another Transatlanticism, right? Which would have been a, a huge failure. Yeah. Um, and so the fact that they, they, this, this record that they wrote when they're in their late twenties, is very different than the record that they're writing when they're in their mid forties. Right. And it doesn't mean that one record's bad and one record's good. I think that you you can't touch transatlanticism, so don't try. Right. Try to be authentic to who you are right now. Right. And like in your praise band, there may have been, there's probably a peak time where you're like, everybody in this band is amazing. Yeah. And they're all right here. And then one of them graduates from college and leaves. And then you get a guy who wanted to play bass before, but he's just learning and he's like a 40 year old dad. And so right. he's like, okay. And you're like, ah, I mean, this is good, but now we can only play these songs because we can't play that. Or now we have a singer, but it only has this range. And, yep. and you can see that if you are trying to be what you were, that's a sad thing. Yes. But if you're allowing yourself to be what you are, that's a good thing. Yeah. And it, you don't have to have something that's the, part of being a community, part of being uh, the true uh, any true community is allowing yourself to be what you are yeah. and um, being ready to to know that what you are right now is good for now and that you won't always be this good or bad. And so if you're struggling right now, like one day you won't be this anymore. Right. And if you're feeling great, just know that you won't, it won't, won't always be this easy. Right. So enjoy this right now, but know that having things changes is, is just a normal part of, of, of being, in something that is alive. Yeah. And when you try to freeze something or try to chase what you were or try to only be what other people want, then you cease being authentic and you start being synthetic. Yeah. And the church to many people is not something that they want to be a part of because it doesn't have any life in it. Yeah. And this is even getting away from kind of the negative, the real toxic stuff that the church has done. One of the worst things the church has done is to become lukewarm. Yeah. We are the last six Weezer albums. <laughs> which Man. on paper yeah. is good enough. But in reality, why wouldn't anyone listen to this stuff? Yeah. It's not doing anything interesting. It, the people singing it don't even seem like they care. And if you go into a lot of churches, it seems like the people who are leading worship often it uh, and that's not to to to, but you can go into a church and it feels like no one really wants to be here. They all just kind of are supposed to be here. I think I've talked about. I don't know if I've talked about it on this podcast before or not. Maybe just to you and I. Um, one of my favorite parts of any liturgical worship service is the assurance of pardon. Right? Yeah, we haven't talked about this. As a pastor, it's great. It's incredible. You know, people do their prayer of confession. They talk about all the ways they've fallen short, and then as a pastor, I get to stand up there and say, "Good news, Jesus loves you." And like yeah. that's that should be awesome. And in our church, people are going to write and complain to me, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> you mean another church that you've yeah, heard of? Yeah, some other church. That's not this one. Uh, yeah, right. Some other, uh, what do what we want? <laughs> Northminster. Yeah, uh, Eastminster. Yeah, they actually exist. I know. Let's <laughs> let's just get down on Eastminster Presbyterian Church. Our mortal enemies. Yeah. Um, but in, in our litur- liturgy, it's... Um, uh, the pastor says, friends believe the good news, and then the congregation responds, in Jesus Christ we are forgiven. I, thought, I, 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 I really wish their response would have been, say what? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Because what I hate more than anything, I feel so shallow when I do it, is I stand up there and I say, friends, believe the good news. And I get back, in Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. And it's like, <laughs> do you hear what you're saying? Or are you just singing Hurley? You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, do you know what's behind those words? Or is it just same old yeah. in and out? 
Yeah. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. And and that it's even as a as a leader, uh, it's amazing. One of the kind of disturbing things about leading worship on a regular basis is how good you can get at doing something, saying words out loud while thinking about what's coming next. Yep. So not the, and, and especially if it's like the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer, like the things that are pretty rote that we say the same words every time. Um, two moves that, down. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, you start, you're, you're thinking ahead, which is important because you're leading something. Right. And so you're, you're helping everybody to get there. So it's not the greatest um, problem to be a couple moves ahead. Uh, but it also, it does pull you out. And there's, if people are really looking, you can, they can tell, oh, he's not there. And yeah. if he's not there again, he's leading. Right. If he's not there, I guess I don't need to be there either. Right. And I just need to say the words. I don't need to feel the words. I don't even need to know what I'm talking about. I just need to go through this motion of, of these things. Yeah. And, uh, it doesn't mean that we need to necessarily not use those words, like having communal prayers and, Especially things like the creed and uh, Lord's Prayer are words that have been shared by the church for since the church's inception. So right. that those are important because they connect us to a larger community. Well, there's the there's you don't the, stop singing "Say It Ain't So." Right. Yeah. There's the swing. People uh, I've talked to a couple of people even lately about just getting dismissive of all tradition. No, no, you don't want to do that either because there's some good stuff there. Yeah, uh, you just have to do it in an authentic way. Yeah. But it really, I mean, that that's it. That that I'm sure that if I went to a Weezer album right now, they would sing at least something off of those first two albums. Sure. Uh, Weezer show. Uh, and and maybe they're feeling it, or maybe they're just doing it, just yeah. just because they're supposed to. And I'm sure their encore is saying ain't so. Oh, certainly. Or something like that. Yeah, Buddy Holly. Or yeah. Something. And um, I can't imagine that it would have the same exuberance and joy that the band that in the mid '90s was using. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that that's what the church is. I think there's a lot of times we're singing the right songs and we're doing this, but we may not have that spirit of joy yeah. that you would see a, a 10 year old have. Yeah. That when they're just like, I want to sing you a song and it's a terrible song. Uh, like they're not, they're not on key or anything, <laughs> right. but they're just the joy the that they have there. makes you love it. Like that. Yeah. The preschool sing songs, like those programs that we go to, they're rarely like, uh, Pittsburgh boy choir quality. Yeah, right. Like they're not going to be at the Benidorm or something the way that these young kind of repertory choirs are. Oh man. In my life, I've been to fifth and sixth grade orchestra yeah. concerts. You have to be a brave soul to walk yeah. into that room. Yeah. Like it's, it's tough. Well, and especially though a preschool thing where like fifth and sixth grade, there's a lot of kids there who don't want to be there. Right. Fifth and sixth graders, like uh, they're either crying cause they're terrified <laughs> or they're just the happiest ever yeah. to sing baby beluga. <laughs> and it's, there's a joy in that. Yeah. That is far better than the, I mean, the quality that we get from music and music is such an important thing that, that expresses that which we can't express through just mere words. And a kid can do that. And we as adults can do that, but we have taught ourselves that it's just a thing. It's a, it's a thing that we need to endure, that we need to check this off. And even if we sing the things that we love, uh, we may have sung them so much or we get used to them that we stop paying attention. We're not present when we're doing it. And so I'm sure that Weezer sings Say It Ain't So on a regular basis, and I'm sure that they don't care about it. And I'm sure they don't think, and every once in a while maybe it's in there, and maybe there's that glimpse of what it, they used to be. But uh, they don't seem like a band that that is passionate about what they're no. doing. And the church does not seem like a thing that can give a good reason why you should care. Yeah. Because if we don't care, 
Why should who's, you? Who's going to care? Yeah. yeah. So find your joy, people. And when you find it, go on the social media machines. Rough the Pastor at Twitter.com. At Rough the Pastor. And Roughing the Pastor on Instagram. The Send far it. superior Instagram. I'll, I'll go ahead and say it this way. Instead of a question or a, or a, or a, uh, a theme or something like that. Yeah. If you are listening to this and you are part of a church, Ooh. leadership, member, participant, whatever, how can you reclaim the joy? Yes. Not recreate the old good stuff, not make something just to, for the sake of making something, but how can you reclaim that joy of singing the song? Yeah. How can we make a new Pinkerton? That's a good distinction, too, because I think a lot of times churches get stuck in the trap of how do we become what we were? Yeah, no, you don't no, want to do that. don't do that. Don't worry about that. You won't You won't ever you be what you were. Yeah. yeah. Weezer will never be Weezer of the first two albums because they don't have the same band members. Nope. And they aren't going to. And they're also 20 years older than they were. Right. So they're just different people. They should be who they are. But they should be authentic. And that's the church. It's okay if you used to be a member or a church that had 1,000 members and now you have 400. Right. That's totally fine. Be who you are. You can reclaim joy in that. God is still with you, and God is still has stuff to do through in and through you. Be present. Hundred percent. Also, if you want to um, tell us what your favorite, what concert you would go to if you could oh, travel yeah. in the past, that should be said. Any of the questions we ask each other in that opening, yeah, fair game for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Tweet us, Instagram us. We'll we'll, we'll take it all suggestions. Yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, so uh, I think that that's about done. Yep. And I don't see Bartleby anywhere. So I, we must have nailed it. Oh man. Oh. Oh, there he is. Hiding. Oh, he's got a long piece of paper this oh, week. My. Oh my. Bartleby, you're killing did, me, man. How did we go wrong this time, buddy? Okay. So apparently, oh, there's these are real specific. Okay, Midnight Marauders came out in 1993, not 1994. Who cares? Yeah. Okay, right. uh, the drummer that I was talking about before, the jazz drummer, is named Roy Haynes, okay. not Hayes. Okay. okay. Doesn't okay. really matter. Oh, this is a good one. Okay, the bass player, the the current bass player for Weezer is Scott Schreiner, uh-huh. not <laughs> Mr. Tattoo or Shape Baldy Head McGee or whatever <laughs> we call him. Did you think that's what we really thought they were, yeah, Bartleby? I, like, I mean, Bartleby. Honest to goodness. He's he's a stickler for you. He wants yeah. everything to be accurate. Yep, he is trying to help us. I, I mean, mean that is. Yeah. Okay, the blue album is not half an hour long. It's 41 minutes long. That's still a pretty short album. Yeah. Uh, oh, this was just a random fact he wanted us to say uh, that uh, Maya Rudolph of Saturday Night Live yes. was in the rentals on the second album. The, really? The Matt Sharp band. Now I really uh, gotta go listen to them. Oh, it's real good. Yeah, yeah, she's like a backup singer in that, and played played the Moog, the keyboards for them. Wow, uh, she's a very talented lady. She is a very talented lady. So that was before she was on SNL. Um, the Green album came out in two thousand one instead of two thousand. Nobody really cares. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is interesting, actually. Okay, um, the I talked about the the alphabetical Prince playlist yes. where I put all the songs of, Alpha, of Prince and I said it was like 90 hours it was 49 hours wow which is still a long time but uh, and that's kind of that's feels like two wow. days that's two days and it took me a very long time to do it uh, even funnier we said that the uh, the Smash Mouth uh, alphabetical like full catalog of Smash Mouth we said it was 15 hours long yeah how long did it feel like it was I mean three weeks it was four hours no <laughs> and 15 minutes no <laughs> It was not that short. That's how long it was. No, uh, no, and, no, no. And the total catalog of uh, Weezer, if you wanted to listen to every single Weezer song, I'm not sure if the Black Album's on this, but every single Weezer song you can get in and just try a 10 hours, 9 hours and 56 minutes. Okay. And I think they have 
15 albums? I mean, they have a lot of albums. Yeah. Like, more than a dozen. And only two that they should have. All right, Bartleby. What's this say here? Oh, okay. Uh, Bartleby is, is stating this as a fact, but it seems like an opinion. Yeah. That uh, you you said that the, the best cover was uh, Mad World by Gary Jules. Yeah. Bartleby agrees. Oh, thank you, buddy. Uh, I did not give a good one, and he, he mockingly, very, <laughs> very pointedly is saying, Bartleby, come on, man. Uh, that the best cover of all time is Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. Oh, you know what? That's a pretty good one. That's a solid choice, Bartles. All right, Bartleby. I, uh, I take it back. Uh, give me five. Up, two, two, too slow. Too down, down low, too slow. Uh, oh, got him. Man. Got it. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> one thing I forgot uh, before we go is that I had uh, I put together a Spotify playlist uh, first, we talked about the alphabetical Weezer. I was going to say, don't subject anybody to that. So, no, the alphabetical Weezer is not terrible, um, but the <laughs> alphabetical, alphabetical uh, um, Smash, Mouth. Smash Mouth is there, and so That's you can only use the that. strong survive. Uh, yeah, so both of those are on um, uh, my Spotify account. So if you go to Tyler Domsky, T Y L E R D O M S K E at Spotify, uh, or just on Spotify, search for that. Uh, you can find Alphabetical Weezer. You can find Alphabetical Smash Mouth. Um, and I also have I have a playlist just of all the songs that we talked about in here. So it's a wide variety of things from Dave Matthews Band to the Good Weezer songs, wow. the Bad Weezer songs. And I think even uh, some Sum 41 made it in there. <laughs> so, uh, oh, boy. So if you really if you want to get a better idea of the songs we were talking about, uh, go check that out. Yes. Okay. Well, anyway, I've been Tyler. And I've been Jay. And this has been Roughing, Roughing the, the Passer. Wah, wah, wah.